most influential podcast dedicated to the profession of pharmacy with over 80,000 listeners worldwide. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You are listening to Beyond the SIG, a prescription for transformative pharmacy care. Season two of Beyond the SIG is supported by the Pennsylvania Department of Health in partnership with the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association. Funding was provided through the Preventative Health and Health Services Block Grant from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The contents of this podcast are solely the responsibility of the presenters and do not necessarily represent the official views of the Pennsylvania Department of Health or the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association's podcast, Beyond the SIG, is a proud member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the second season of Beyond the SIG podcast giving a shot about diabetes. My name is Rachel Hay and I'm hosting today's episode. I'm really excited to introduce today's guest, who's a major leader in diabetes self-management and education. Jerry Meese is a pharmacist and certified diabetes care and education specialist with nearly 25 years of experience. He's the founder, owner, and director of Clinical Services Plaza at Plaza Pharmacy and Wellness Center in Gainesville, Texas. This was the first freestanding clinical pharmacy with a diabetes program that was recognized by the American Diabetes Association. He frequently speaks in in national and international settings on the subject of diabetes education. Jerry, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me this morning. Yeah, well, thank you for being here. So I guess to kind of start things off, Jerry, I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself. Um, Like, how did you get involved with diabetes education and what drew you to this field? And also, what does your practice look like today? Today, we have a a private practice and a consulting business uh, that keeps me uh, hopping pretty good. We have... uh, we're in Gainesville, Texas, which is about an hour north of Dallas, Texas, and uh, we see patients uh, one-on-one. Uh, we see them virtually. We deal with uh, a lot of doctor's referrals, and basically what we have is a diabetes education center that is integrated into a retail pharmacy setting. So uh, 99.9% of everything I do uh, has to do with diabetes care and management. Uh, I have uh, a couple of other pharmacists that do compounding, that do the usual uh, prescription business, and we have a professional, uh, you know, over-the-counter uh, area out there. So, uh, what we tend to do uh, overall is just my job is to handle diabetes patients as they come into the pharmacy. And uh, we have a staff who is incredibly good at supporting everything that I do. So you asked me how we got into uh, this, and I think it started a a lot of years ago, uh, more than I guess I care to count, in that we had patients who came into our uh, pharmacy that had no idea what diabetes management was or what even diabetes was. They would hold up a, a lab test that said, this is an A1C. What is that? Is is 9.5 good? I don't know. And what we found is when we did a little bit of effort, we helped them a lot. And uh, I love the idea of being able to take a patient who was like a cork bobbing in the ocean, totally lost, 
and giving them some guidance, some instruction. And over the years, we just became better at it. Uh, we started interacting more with physicians and then uh, worked our way into an approved program and accredited program by uh, a, now ADCES, used to be AADE, and then uh, the American Diabetes Association. When we first started out, uh, we had explained to American Diabetes Association that we were a pharmacy and we still wanted to do this. So there's been a lot of things uh, since then, but I think the idea is that as we got better, as we worked at it uh, piece by piece, I became a, a certified diabetes educator, which is now a certified diabetes care and education specialist, uh, and really started kind of honing our skills. So we've gotten pretty good at it over the years. Yeah, that's so awesome. Um, as someone who's just starting her career in pharmacy, it's really inspiring to me to hear about all that you've accomplished in yours. Um, so what do you think that pharmacists can do to get more involved in diabetes management? I get asked that question a lot. And I think the answer, first of all, is be present. Uh, understand where you are right now. And there's so many options available in pharmacy. And pharmacy is such a dynamic profession right now. You guys have got so many great options out there. But to get into the diabetes management world, the diabetes management business, you have to start this process as you would any addition to your business. Uh, we have a really good compounding business, but we didn't start that compounding business by just opening up that business and saying, okay, we're open. Everybody starts sending us that, uh, even our first business with prescriptions. So when you get into diabetes care, my first thought would be start listening to patients. Secondly, it would be get a higher level of degree than you've got. Pharmacists are graduating right now incredibly more educated uh, probably than I was when I was back. But at the same time, the, the overall preparation for diabetes care and management is even at another level. So I would look at some of the courses, some of the things from APHA, NCPA, uh, workshops, gain that, and then work toward an accreditation. There's a couple out there, BCADM, uh, you know, is one accreditation, you know, the CDE is probably, or the Certified Diabetes Care and Education Specialist is probably one of the higher ones, but learn to present yourself in a way that you have a little bit of what I call professional swagger uh, with diabetes care. It's, and you don't get that unless you really jumped in and learned how to help diabetes patients. It's not just about the medications, even though that's our forte and that's our wheelhouse and we're very good at it. But there's other things, there's behavior, there's physical activity, there's a little bit of nutrition that we need to throw in there. So these are the things that if you were to get into it, I'd say treat it like a business, stay as professional as you can, and then learn something every day you're in that business. Listen to your patients. Yeah, that is such great advice, Jerry. Um, so you created the 10-minute consult, and it's been used by pharmacists, nurses, um, diabetes educators in several parts of the country over the last 10 years. So I guess, how did you think of this idea? And can you give our listeners kind of like a brief rundown of what the 10-minute consult even is? Yeah, the 10-minute the consult has been a labor of love. It started out as a, as a physical uh, flip chart that we wanted to create something along with uh, diabetes educators and every professional we could get input on uh, that was a 
very solid basis for someone as a pharmacist. What if you sat down and you walked into my pharmacy and I made an appointment with you and we wanted to talk about diabetes, what would we talk about? It, there's so many content areas. So we created this flip chart that gave the patient a really nice graphic to look at on one page, but on the back are what we call clinician's notes. Another phrase for it is a nice cheat sheet for pharmacists. You know, we've all had those days in which, man, I am just not, you know, 100% right now with my diabetes. I've just started out trying to learn about this. But on the back of that, if, if there was something about how we treat diabetes, there's those motivational interviewing type questions. So we wrote this and we put it together as a flip chart. And then right in the middle of our start of COVID, we found another solution. I guess it's making lemonade out of lemons. <laughs> yeah. that we created the virtual 10 minute consult in which we put it together in, in graphics and really nice design, uh, English, Spanish. And then, so the, the pharmacist has these great motivational interviewing questions. You know, what do you know about diabetes? What do you think about diabetes? Uh, if I wanted to talk to you about blood glucose monitoring, what questions would I ask? Well, the patient's going to see a nice graphic about goals and, and what we sh should be aiming toward. But on the back, that's going to have a clinician set of notes that you would say, here we go. What did your doctor tell you about, you know, your blood glucose levels? So when we're looking at those notes and we're reading them off and we're thinking about it, we've covered all that. There's 36 content areas. So yeah, I'm a little bit uh, enthusiastic about it because the bottom line is what can I get from you and what can I give to you in maybe a five to 10 minute snippet. Uh, you know, everybody from physicians to nurses to even new diabetes educators uh, and experienced diabetes educators have used this to just say, sometimes we don't have that luxury of 45 minutes to an hour uh, that, that fortunately I've been able to develop over these years. But if you only had five minutes, what would you do with a patient? That's where that comes in. Yeah, I think it's awesome that you're able to, one, use a visual with that flip chart that you have, and then just being able to summarize and boil down the most important information into just like a five or 10 minute little consult. Um, that's so awesome. And so you had kind of um, alluded to this a little bit when you were talking, but I guess now how has COVID affected your practice? You know, I think every phrase in every business in the world starts out in lieu of COVID. And, uh, you know, ours is no different. I, uh, it, it started out uh, in a, you know, way in which we had to kind of, you know, gather everybody up and say, what are we going to do? You know, the, there was a morning in which we actually closed the door to the pharmacy. We have a big drive-in window and features, but, but it was the scariest moment I've had in a lot of years. I thought, how do you do this? And uh, COVID inspired us to say, how do we go ahead and reach everybody? I, I don't want to do it by phone, you know, just like this. So we became very adept at, at using things like the virtual 10 minute consult and, and our, our staff, which is, incredible uh, and you just can't do diabetes care without great staff you can't even run your pharmacy without really good staff they jumped in we put signage out there that said come through our drive-in window uh, we stayed on the phone we did a lot of things that that made it work and i actually 
you know, one of our busier weeks was the day we closed the door to the pharmacy. Uh, everybody was calling and doing all those kind of things. And, you know, now we're open back up. We survived it. We became stronger and better because of it. And things like the, the virtual 10-minute consult evolved because of that. Yeah, it's interesting to hear about how your um, pharmacy and your practice has really evolved uh, because of the pandemic. Um, that kind of leads me into my next question. A recent study that was published in January of 2020 aimed to summarize the history and the development of diabetes self-management education. Researchers found that diabetes education has evolved from a compliance and a knowledge-based approach to more of an empowerment and self-management oriented approach. So Jerry, do you think that you would agree with these research findings? And I guess, how have you seen diabetes education evolve over the years? Oh, I have uh, seen it evolve at warp speed. I, I served on the board of the American Association of Diabetes Educators. And when I went onto that board, I was the only pharmacist and actually the only male in a group of 13 people. So, uh, and the only guy from Texas. So there was a lot of uh, cultural acclimation taking place. And uh, what changed in in our regard is that we really developed uh, an interlocking discipline between nurses dietitians and pharmacists and uh, going from that we were able to look at this profession and say we've got to move from the finger pointing if you don't do this we're going to take your leg off to uh, you better do this or you're really going to get in trouble and it became as one of my patients at one point said uh, every time I go to the doctor, it's like a trip to the principal's office. I hang my head and he points his finger at me. And what we found in, in doing all this wonderful research and uh, in all my colleagues, it just doesn't work. Uh, what works is empowering the patient. It's getting them uh, to take charge of their own diabetes. Uh, this is this is the point in which you learn. And, and I think it's the thing that I love most about uh, diabetes care is the art of working with a patient, sometimes just sitting there in silence, mm -hmm. asking a question and learning the power of not interrupting them every time they start. Uh, there's some statistic out there that says a physician and God love them, I mean, we need them all, but they interrupt a patient within uh, 10 seconds from the time that they ask a question. And so what we've learned is Let's go ahead and ask motivational interviewing type questions. All these things are open-ended and we've learned how to approach subjects. Uh, so my skill is, is diabetes management. Medications could be a forte, but I'm also very strongly into behavior change. And that's what really moves the needle. Our patients are on their own, on their own, 99.98% of the time. 0.2% of the time, they're in a physician's office in a pharmacy with a nurse, but 99.98% of the time, they've got to figure out when to inject, what to eat, where to walk, and how do we get them to save their own lives by when they leave our pharmacy, they do something a little different. Not a lot, just something a little different. That's the art of diabetes management. Yeah, it's really interesting to me to hear about how diabetes management education has really changed over the years. 
So how do you envision diabetes education evolving in the future? I think we're going to get better at this. Uh, we're in the middle of a perfect storm right now. Uh, we have over 34 million people with diabetes. You've got 88 million people out there with prediabetes. Uh, we have a decreasing number of endocrinologists out there. Less and less endocrinologists are in the diabetes practice every year. And then we have, think about this, over 40 different medication formulas have been introduced in the last 15 years, not counting all the devices. So we have an overwhelming amount of knowledge of how to treat this disease, but we have an underwhelming amount of professionals to take care of this. So who's going to do it? Yeah. Most likely it's going to be pharmacists that are out there if we choose to keep moving in this route we're headed toward. And that's taking over a lot of the diabetes care and management by just becoming more proactive. And so pharmacists in this area, should they choose to get into it, are just going to be busier. We started out in our, uh, we said at one point, I'm gonna create a diabetes wellness program and we're gonna have a retail and a diabetes wellness program that's gonna handle chronic care. Uh, all kinds of cardiovascular, asthma, diabetes. We were over, so overwhelmed with diabetes management that that and cardiovascular care is where we focused all our, uh, you know, all our learnings. So this is an open arena for anyone to come in if they treat it as it should be. Yeah. So I guess kind of switching gears here, I'm wondering, do you ever get pushback from doctors? And I guess if so, how do you handle doctors who aren't aware of all you can do with diabetes? Or maybe they feel like you shouldn't be doing diabetes management. <laughs> I get asked that question a lot, too. Uh, when <laughs> we started out, it was unique. It, it, think of this. 20, 25 years ago, uh, the family physician uh, had a kind of a different uh attitude, a different level of, of what should be done. And I got asked that question, you know, where, uh, where do you get your information? You know, what are you, how are you dealing with my patients? And we did that by, uh, first of all, gaining a really solid foundation of what we were teaching. There's even today, there's nothing I tell patients that, Hey, this is my hip pocket experience. This is what you need to do. Everything that we counsel with patients on is built around American Diabetes Association guidelines. Uh, so if a doctor says, you mentioned that this patient needs to be doing this or doing that, where do you get it? Well, I can send him, uh, you know, verse and chapter of where we work from. And I think it's just, you know, pharmacists are in a great spot. We talk to physicians and uh, physicians, assistants, nurse practitioners, uh, DOs every day. And you know, they trust us. They know what we're doing. So at that point, we just sat down with a couple of real champion doctors. And that's the one thing if, if I were starting out, I would give advice to say, find that champion doctor. You have one or two out there that probably you call Bob, Mary, and Ted, you know, uh, as opposed to, you know, Dr. So-and-so. Find those and just talk about, I'd like to work with the, your diabetes patients. Maybe give me one or two. And we built up that trust and that response by Showing the results, physicians are so fantastic. Uh, you know, family practice guys are so good. They, but they deal with so many diseases all at once. They, they've got a head injury 
in one room. They've got a possible lump on a woman's breast in another room. And then they've got someone saying, doctor, my A1C is nine. And where does the, you know, the priorities don't always fit right there. So what I really found is that when we've got results and it didn't take much to just pay attention and talk to patients about moving more or watching their carbs and taking their meds, it didn't take much for physicians to come back and say, you know what, this, this patient really, really helped. Uh, so that's it. You have to build this up a little at a time. We did have some pushback. To this day, there's a kind of a different attitude, I think, with physicians. Uh, they want to know where you got your learning. They want to know if you have a credential, uh, maybe above the, the standard uh, pharmacist credential. And I think you need to be ready with those. That's where our uh, letters of introduction come from. And, you know, making sure we stay within our bounds. But I found that that physicians love what we're doing. I uh, One of the greatest compliments I got was from a, a doctor who said, Jerry, what I really like about you working with my patients is that I can deal with neuropathies. I can deal with foot ulcers. I can work with blood pressures. And when their blood glucose comes into play, you've kind of helped me manage that. So it does take a load off of me. And to hear that is something that's really rewarding in our, you know, in our daily lives. Yeah, that's so great. Now, you had mentioned to me previously that your kind of marketing strategy was to ask physicians to send you their most difficult patients. And these were the patients that you learned the most from. So can you tell me a little bit more about, you know, what this looked like and how did this enrich your practice? Yeah, that's something where it's uh, watch what you wish for. Uh, but it's exactly how we built our practice up. Uh, I got better and better at what we were doing. And what we found is that uh, physicians were, you know, you can go to Jerry, you cannot go to Jerry. It's okay. You know what they've got is a nice system over there. But when we started talking about sending us a difficult patient, sometimes, in fact, I remember well a referral I got that said, here you go, Jerry, good luck in great big letters. And so we really focused and concentrated hard on that patient, and as we do with, with all ours. But, but what we found is that if you've got a really difficult patient and the doctor has just, you know, tried different things, we go back to the basics. We talk about, you know, uh, medication, monitoring uh, their meals and moving with the patient and working at, at these different levels just a little bit at a time. And what we found is that if we could take care of their most difficult patient, then that took a huge burden off of them. And if we didn't, well, you know, we couldn't change a lot of things and you couldn't change a lot of things. That tells us a lot about who this person is. And, and so we could possibly at that point, I'm in the back of my head, I'm thinking I can't do any worse than what's already there. So, uh, but we did, we always had pretty good success in doing that. We just got a system. And so that's our marketing. One of our marketing uh, areas is say, send me a hard one. And then when after I get through with the really difficult one, maybe we'll get some there kind of middle stream, those that we can work with uh, better, but, but you are right. The, the difficult patients are the ones that I, uh, work into research or work into uh, podcast webinars, uh, those kind of things, because those are the ones that we find out what's really going on in the head of a person with diabetes. And there's so many things going on. Just look at the, what the typical person with diabetes, they make 200 decisions a day based on their diabetes care. And 
you know, to, to kind of get that cleared up for them and give them a direction to go to. Uh, that's just something that, you know, that I love doing. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's a great marketing strategy and you've clearly learned a lot from that. So I've just, I've loved hearing your stories and you clearly have a lot of years of valuable experience and expertise. So I guess to kind of just wrap things up here, what advice do you have for new pharmacists like myself, who's just entering the field of diabetes management? Or I guess, what advice do you have to give pharmacists who are wanting to get more involved in diabetes management at a higher level? That's a, that's a great question. And I think it, if I were to sit down and, and again, I, I've been in front of a, many groups of pharmacists who ask that question. And I think the first thing is increase your learning. Uh, you know, you're busy. Uh, start getting the books and the text and the magazine articles out and see where you need to uh, study more. Medications are great, uh, you know, they're life-saving. But for a diabetes patient, there may be a third of what's going on with them. Uh, we need to talk about how to introduce somebody to better monitoring, because if you can give me, you know, 50 blood glucose sticks are, thank God for uh, continuous glucose monitoring out there, like, you know, Dexcom and, and Libre, if you can give me those that data, then, I can work with you to change things. Understand how those things work. Understand what physical activity and meal plans have to do with the overall scope of things. Build that knowledge up and go to places like, you know, uh, again, APHA, NCPA. I would certainly think about uh, joining up and being part of the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists. That used to be AADE. Now it's another alphabet, it's ADCES, but there's so much there. Pharmacists are actually one of the most active growing groups in the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists. So network with those pharmacists uh, that are out there doing that thing. They're usually ready to share you know, a lot of information. The other part is I think I would do is, is learn to become the go-to pharmacy. Uh, that's what we placed ourselves at in the marketing. I got with our staff uh, and I said, we're gonna be the go-to pharmacy for anything diabetes in North Texas. So if the doctor hears from his patient, uh, doc, I need to know if there's a red and green widget that can help me control my diabetes better. The doctor may say, I don't know what the red and green widget is you talk about, but if you go see Jerry, then I bet he knows. And we made it our job to know everything we could about diabetes. Uh, that goes to the second part is your staff. If you're going to start this out, get with your staff. Uh, find out, tell them what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, we have a uh, what we call a chief diabetes technician. We just created that role. Basically, that technician is going to learn a lot about diabetes. It comes with, you know, title and maybe a small race. And I, you know, basically explain that you're going to read more, you're going to study more. If somebody comes in with a blood glucose meter, this is going to be something that, you know, maybe you can handle. And if you think of it as a pharmacist, we think our biggest, and this is our enemy, of course, with all, everything is time. How do we allocate time? 
you manage time by pushing a lot of the things that are wrote over to technicians, over to people that are working at the top of their license. So if you walk into our pharmacy and holding up a meter, I'm probably not the guy you're going to see first. You're probably going to see one of our technicians who is going to either be on the phone, they're going to give you another meter, or they're going to find out what needs to be done. What I need to see is that blood glucose result. And then when she brings it over to me, now I know. So utilize your staff, help them to understand what you're doing. Go to pharmacy, staff utilization, be present, learn more. That's it. Well, awesome. Thank you, Jerry, for sharing your insights and your little nuggets of wisdom with us today. I so enjoyed our conversation. It's been great talking. I hope we can do it again soon. Yeah, yeah, me too. All right, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to our DSMES series, Giving a Shot About Diabetes. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Beyond the SIG. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and others on the Pharmacy Podcast Network on any of your favorite podcast directories. 